of Twisted Tales with Faith and Lisa. And we're back. We're back. We survived Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. Uh, the plague. The plague. And then I went out of the country. So. Yes. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. And we didn't tell like anything. Because we really thought we were going to record. And then I had to leave. Yeah. A lot it's happened. Like literally everything happened all at once. Yeah. But we're back. But, I mean. I'll say, we're fresh. Like, we. When this episode drops, we will actually know that people cared enough. Yeah, because we got new followers, even though we weren't posting social media and or podcasts. You don't think that maybe it was their way of saying, like, I'm going to follow you because you're watching. You guys weren't talking for a month. Oh, my God, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to start a, like, Twisted Tales stop. Stop petition. Don't do that. It's not. It's rude. Just go to the, just give us five stars. You don't have to actually like us. I mean, I, I kind of wish they'd like me a little bit. Maybe that, not you. That's, that's, that's beyond, that's not going to happen. You're not a like. <laughs> Somebody that needs to be liked who does nothing on social media, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> apparently, it really doesn't mean that much to me. I don't know. Oh, but, you know. Anyways, we're here, and I have a story for you, and I am Faith. So, Lisa's going to listen, and she's going to listen carefully, because... So I had a, I had, I did, actually I did do a pretty good deep dive of a horrific, made me want to puke multiple times and or murderous rage, horrific story. Okay. So I've got that one on the back burner. Oh, of course. Not but tonight, right? next week is Valentine's Day, which people will be celebrating this weekend. I don't want to do that kind of story on Valentine's Day. I want to do a story of love. 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 So I decided I'm going to switch it up. And I was, I found a really good couple that were twisted and demented and did god awful things. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd already gone down that path and I my brain needed a break from just the dark depravity. Okay. I found a different story. Really? I mean, it's, it's still a true crime story. Don't worry. There's all the things, but you know. Maybe there's not, no children in this vile. story. Yes. Okay, yes. well, I like that. You know that. So, like, there's we, no children. I don't get violently. Uh, yeah, so this is, it, it's still a true crime story. Uh, but, you know, it's it's different twists. So, you ready? Sure. All right, let's go. We are starting tonight, November 1st, 1958. All right, way back machine. Here mm-hmm. we go. When three friends, Cecil, <laughs> Albert, and Dean... We're out duck hunting. They did what any group of friends slash hunters do. They got up in the, you know, dark of night slash morning, got all their hunting gear, got on their boat before the sun has even peaked, and went out on the water to hunt some ducks. But as the day went on, it's cold, it's rainy, it's just a crappy day, and there's they've got nothing to show. So the group decided, let's let's go to it. There's no ducks here. Dog don't no, hunt. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So they drove. They drive off on their boat to another location, um, which apparently sucked as well because uh, they returned back to the original spot a little bit later, or maybe a few beers in. Who knows? Right. Um, and that early in the morning, though, that's that's pushing. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Hunt it? And seems very boring. Kind of like fishing. Yes. Yeah. So um, at about four o'clock on this rainy, dreary day, they they've seen. And got nothing. So the friends say, you know what? We're done. It's cold. It's wet. Let's go. 
So they drive the back up to the land. Dean hops out of the boat and goes to get the truck, leaving Cecil and Elbert there to wait with the boat. Um, while waiting, Cecil's, yeah, he's, he's bored. He's been stuck in a boat all day. He just starts kicking around the beach area, looking around. And he sees in the distance a little an old bonfire area that's recently been used, maybe party. Um, and it's, it's in a weird place. It's like, uh, it's kind of duny, I guess. Because there's, like, the really tall grass cat's tails. Yeah. So there's all that around it, which you usually don't do a bonfire in because they can catch, you know, that little wispy cattail stuff. Um, But as they get closer, Cecil notices there's a pair of legs sticking out of the grass. Okay. Which, for me, (laughs) I'm out. Right. Pack my things. Time to go. Right. But he's not really that worried because it's, like, the day after Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So it's like, probably, it's fake legs, it's a prank, a bunch of stupid kids the night before had some beers, whatever. But as he gets closer, he um, he does get a little concerned because there's some jewelry and some miscellaneous items lying around, and when Cecil and Elbert get close, they notice the legs are covered in blister, oh. which fake legs don't do that. No. And there's like real toes, there's real feet, like it's a real leg. Connected to a real burnt body. So at this point, um, the two, they walk to the closest farmhouse and call the police. Because what else are you going to do? And one of the guys, when he was talking to the police, he said, you could tell there was a head. But you, if you had to recognize it as an actual head, you wouldn't have known it was a head. It was already burnt so bad. So the police come, collect the evidence. Um, Again, this is all on Friday or Saturday. I forget what day we're on. It was... You keep telling me how really close. Oh, you will. It's not but yet. You're, but you're not. You're we're not. fixing to start. You'll see. You'll know <laughs> when just, I get there. I'm just saying. So the following Monday morning, um, this was over the weekend. The following Monday morning, the police receive a missing persons report that matches the body that was found that week. The body was a woman by the name of Louise Bergen. She is a 32-year-old woman who had been missing since October 30th. So day, day before. before yeah. Um, she was supposed to go home for dinner after work. She was supposed to go to work, go home, eat a quick dinner, and then she was going to downtown Cincinnati with a friend to see a show. But the last time she was seen was at work. She worked for a transportation company. She'd worked there for three years as a bookkeeper. She was described as, like, a, a great worker, but that was really it. Like, no one had anything good to say. No one had anything bad to say. Just normal. Yeah, normal yeah. person. The last person who saw um, Louise alive was her superintendent, Mel Abrams. He saw her at 5 p.m. Thursday, October 30th, leaving the parking lot. Um, Robert Dunbar was the detective for the case, and he went to visit Louise's family, obviously, taking with him a necklace, a set of keys that had a keychain with a little pocket knife attached to it that were found on the body. Is that just for confidence? confirmation basically yeah okay see if anybody notices it just see you know remember this is the 50s so a little bit different but and they um, could have said well if that was all that was on her she could have had a b and c too correct okay so detective dunbar meets with louise's mother and sister and her husband bill and the detective shows them the items and bill recognizes them all and says that pocket knife's my best friend's it's uh mel because he bought Mel's car off Mel, so he knew Mel's keychain. Um, so 
that's his wife's stuff. Um, so since we always look at the husband right. first, Tony Dinozo, let's discuss her husband, William, Bill, Bergen, and Louise. Um, they had a few issues. Uh, they were currently separated at the time that she was found deceased, uh, and they were working towards a divorce. Bill had already moved on and was living with his girlfriend named Edith. Bill and Louise's marital trouble was nothing really new, though. Um, the couple lived in Norfolk, Virginia until 1949. That's where they raised their daughter, Linda. Um, and Bill was a social butterfly. He enjoyed going out on the town. Um, while he lived in Virginia, he'd go bowling, he'd go bars, he'd go out with friends, just whatever. But he didn't really want Louise to tag along onto these jaunts. He would out on the prowl, um, mm. mainly because it, it's awkward to have your wife tag along when you're when going you're on dates with other women. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what he was. He was a serial cheater. Like he was out with different women all the time. But this all kind of changed when Bill found out Louise has a side piece of her own. Oh, isn't that always the way? And he didn't like that. Of course not. Bill didn't like that at all. Yeah. He was so... When you're a narcissist? He, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was so upset about Luis's quote-unquote illicit affair that he had his office, his job, transfer him to Cincinnati and made them move. Wow. Because she's having one affair while he's out on the town with different women every night. Right. Mm-hmm. So after their move, um, surprise, surprise, their marriage doesn't really recover because there were a few underlying root issues, I'd say. So the relationship, one was, or two. yeah, the relationship is strained. They're starting in a new place. They're stressed out, which stresses Bill out even more. So not long after moving, he starts, you know, going out on the prowl again. And on one of these little jaunts, he meets a waitress that just catches his eye. And her name is Edith Plump, who he's currently living in. Right. You didn't pick up that. Yeah. yeah I did. So May 1989, Bergen's marriage is officially beyond repair. Bill says, I can't do it. I'm moving out. So he moves out and gets an apartment. Um, but before, <laughs> this is where we start to jump around. Okay. So in May, May he moves out. May he gets, he an, apartment. Out. gets an apartment. He's living with Edith. Before the summer's even done, Bill starts to question if he should have left his wife. Now they say it's a woman's prerogative to change her mind. They've never met Bill. Oh, my. And oh, you will okay. see. So, Bill says that he could tell Edith was uneasy about his decision to maybe get back together with his wife, Louise, his girlfriend. Didn't like that decision. Um, Gee. Yeah. And so, one night, Edith just looks at Bill with this little cocky grin and was like, you know, Louise and I have this mutual friend, and you're aware she's dating someone, right? Like, she's moved on. You oh. need to quit second-guessing this. Like, she's moved on. You've moved on. Let it lie. Yeah. However, Labor Day, still 1990, yeah, still 1990, still 1958. So we're Literally, a few days later. September. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Summer. May he moves out. Summer he's questioning. September, Labor Day, Luis and her daughter Linda return from a vacation that they took in Pennsylvania. And Louise says, you know what? It's past spring cleaning, but I'm just had a great time with my daughter. Bill wasn't there. I don't need him. Yeah. So I'm going to start the divorce. Okay. So she contacts her lawyer, and the lawyer sends a letter to Bill basically saying, 
pony up. We're, let, split Let the Bill. dead dogs lie, yeah. buddy. <laughs> well, when Bill gets this letter from the divorce attorney, it's at the point oh, in his life. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, let me guess. Bill's upset. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's already at the point where he doesn't know if he's made the right decision. It could have been a mistake. Was it hasty? So instead of, you know, calling Louise or moving forward with the divorce, like, hey, Louise, can we sit down and talk? Maybe go to some counseling. Let's get the divorce on the road. You got me the letter. Yeah. He chooses the mature path of Ignore it. Stalking her. Oh, okay. Even and better. just every day when she gets off work, he's driving up and down the street. Cool. Until the day he finally spots her. Right? Oh, he, he picks the right time. And um, Bill's able to catch her. And he rolls down his window. And he's like, hey, you know, Lou, whatever his nickname for her was. Can we just have a talk? And she says, sure. Gets in the car. And he's like, you know what? Maybe... I was rash. Um, we, we should rethink this divorce thing, you know. Let's just let's just think it over. Let's take a few months to really ponder. Um, while I live with my girlfriend Edith, let's just put the divorce on pause. Right. Yeah. And Luis is like, you know what? Okay. Because I'm gonna move on, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to move on yet. Yeah. I have 110 percent like made up my mind that yeah. it is who I want to be with. So I just really need you to be waiting in the week. And she agrees. Wow. She says, okay. Awesome. Okay. It must have been so crappy to be a woman back then. I was going to say, but you... I'm going to be, I'm going to be a hundred percent right now. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Never would have moved with him in the first place when I found out he was a cheat. Oh, whore. hell no. I'd have been like, um, you, you had your ahead. fun. Yeah. 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 We're done. Uh, I'd, I'd like, right. That. But, but yes, we're in the fifties. I was just gonna say this is this is more of like the twenty twenties kind of. Oh now. yeah. So um. I don't have to put up with that shit. <laughs> so Louise says, you know what? Fine, we'll give it a few months. We'll think about it. We'll pause the divorce. So um, back to current chain of events. Louise Louise's body. Um, she had plans to go out that night with a friend of hers named Are Anne. We still in the same like month. Period? Oh no, this is we're we're back to. I was giving you a little backstory on Louise and Bill, and then. The divorce and all that. Now we're back to the body. Okay. So the night that Luis went missing, the day before Halloween, October 30th, Thursday. This was the same year, though. Yes. So all this was going down in September. Mm -hmm. October is the following month. Mm -hmm. So really not, there's not a whole lot of uh, timeline. No, there's no, there's no much timeline. No, I just jumped back to tell you about the marriage. Here's what happened. Little backstory. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're back to. Clip note versions. Now we're fast forwarding like eight months here. So, eight? Well, because all this started in May. Uh, oh. Not eight months, sorry. Spoiler alert, he met Edith in March. So, this whole story's eight months long. Okay. The whole shabam that we're in right now. So, um, yeah. So, back to October when Luis's body's found. Um, Luis had plans to go out October 30th, Thursday night, with her friend Anne. Um, Anne was a friend she actually met through her boss named Chick. Chick, which was, I know, this is all convoluted. So I said, you got to, you really got to listen carefully, Lisa. Yeah. No, I just can't get over the name. That's mm-hmm. fine, though. We're in the 50s. Um, so Chick was Luisa's boss. And as a business owner, he goes and visits other businesses. And there's a lady at another business named Ann. And you know what? He just thinks the two ladies could be really good friends. Like, he knows Luis is going through a rough time right now. He knows about the divorce and everything, and he just thinks they'd be good for each other. They'd be a good fit. Kind of weird, but good boss, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, so they actually, the two women talk and become like best friends. Like they're really good friends. They have a little girl squad with another lady that works with Luis. Worked out great. So Luis was supposed to, remember, work, go home and eat, call and go downtown. So Luis was supposed to call Anne around 5.30 that night when she got home. She told Lu- she told Anne, I've got a quick appointment after work, and I'll call you around 5.30. However, Anne never hears from Luis. So eventually, she gets kind of sick of it. She's ready to go downtown. They, they were going to go to the theater. So she calls Luis's house, but Luis's sister answers and said Anne hasn't made it home yet, or Luis hasn't made it home yet, which, you know, Anne just thinks it's a few minutes late, whatever. Around 6.30, we're an hour late, and Anne calls Luis's again, and Luis's mom answers this time and says, no, Anne, no, Anne she's not here. Do you think maybe she thought you guys were going to meet downtown and just maybe maybe you guys are miscommunication? Yeah, and Anne thought, you know what, maybe, maybe. It's a little crazy, planning for Halloween, whatever. So Anne goes downtown, Cincinnati, to look for Luis where they were going to go that night. However, this woman, I mean, kudos, great friend, yeah. two hours waits for Aunt, waits for Luis and is looking for her. Okay. After two hours, Anne finally calls it a night. It's Thursday. She's got to work the next morning. But she just doesn't, something's wrong. Unease. So the next morning, Anne, again, great friend, gets up and calls Luis's job to try to catch her. Just, hey, just want to make sure everything's okay. But she's told Luis hasn't made it in yet. So, later that day, Luis's mom calls Anne and says, hey, did Anne end up spending the night at your house last night? And Anne says, nope, can't find her, still trying to find her. I've called this, this is what happened. So now both women are, are a little panicked, right? Right. Um, and so Luis gets off the phone, with Luis's mom gets off the phone with Anne and calls Bill just to see, do you know anything? They're on again, off again. Who knows who's on, who's off, what's going on, right? Right. So this is still in the timeline where Bill thinks he might want to get back together with Luis. Right. And he is full-on panicked with the ladies. He calls every local hospital. He calls every ER. He calls her office and wants to talk to her boss, Chick, who apparently is the only one with any brains in this story and is like, bro, she didn't show up. Call the police. Wow. Um, Bill. He's the only one with brains. Right? So Bill calls Ann, Luis's friend. Yeah. And's like laying into her. And he's like, I don't care. There's no girl code. I need to know who she's dating. I've already been told. Remember, Edith? Right. Right at the mouth. I know she's dating someone. I need you to tell me who she's been with so I can find her. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. We've got to find her. Just tell me. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the guy's house and I'll find her. Like, just tell me who. And Anne's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She hasn't been seeing anyone. Like, we had plans for the theater. Slow your roll. So at this point, Bill gets off the phone with her, and he calls Edith, his girlfriend. And he wants to know, I want you to tell me the name of the guy. I want you to tell me who Luis is dating. You told me she was dating someone. I need the name. She's missing. I'm freaking out. I need to know where my wife is. Which is something every girlfriend wants to hear. Right. Right? Not... Hey, uh, quick question. Why has no one called the cops still? Yeah, right? So um, Edith said, you're the one that mentioned Luis was dating her boss, Chick Half. Oh. Well, before Edith said that there was a mutual friend of her and Luis that said, now Bill told her, but that's not the case. 
Chick was literally like a father figure. He's setting her up with her best friend, gal pals. Like, yeah. there's no romantic anything there. So, and plus, Bill's already talked to Chick, and Chick's already said, hey, moron, call the cops. Right. So Guilty this, men don't normally do that. Yeah, yeah so at this saying. point, at some point during Bill's frantic try to find Louise, the police are called, but they tell Bill, she's not even been gone 24 hours. We can't oh, do anything. There we go. Yep. So Bill goes to Louise's apartment that they want shared, and he stays all night. Like, he literally just sits by the door, stays at her house, waiting to see if she'll show up. Her mom's living there, her sister's living there, but he literally just stays. So the next day is Saturday, November 1st, and um, Bill is driving around town with his daughter, Linda, maybe, look at, maybe looking for Louise, maybe running errands. It wasn't really said, but decided he had to go home to his apartment, he needed to go back to his apartment to change clothes because he spent the night up at Luis's apartment all night. Right. He needs to go to his apartment to change clothes and then ho- head over to Edith's because he lives with Edith at her house. Right. But he still has this apartment that he moved out to right. when he left Luis. You need it. You need a whatever home they were living. In you need together. like you need like a police map with strings to show where this guy is at. Like he's got three homes at this point. I'm just kind of wondering what he does for a living that he can have so many. Homes, like, yeah, yeah. Because even in like, well, unless she moved in with her family, like, uh, yeah. he would have three. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, either I don't way, know. so financially sound. Yeah, uh huh. So he goes home to his apartment, changes, then go to Edith's house, and he questions her again about Louise. Do you know who she was with? Do you know where she was? I want to know. You said she was seeing someone. I need to know. And Edith's like, fine, because. He knows the stories don't match up. First, yeah. you told me you and Edith have a mutual, you and Louise have a mutual friend that says she's dating. Now, you said I told you chicks, she's dating chick. Like that, none of that makes sense. I right. need to know. And Louise is like, fine. Or Edith, sorry, I keep changing the name. It's so, all right. There's a lot of names. Edith is like, you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. Two weeks ago, behind your back, Louise and I sat down and had a talk. Like, I met up with your wife. Okay. Which, again, is what every husband wants to hear that your wife and girlfriend are having meetings. Right. Right. Yeah. Because there's nothing better than that. Oh, yeah. So what happened, Edith finally tells him, um, Luis called her that morning, two weeks ago, and wants to talk um, about this on-again, off-again marriage she's into with Edith's boyfriend. Again. Huh. Weird. But, so the right, Because she's not going to tell her best friend, uh, best friend about any of it. Mm-hmm. She's going to tell her husband's mistress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally makes sense. Yeah. So the two women this decided to meet. This sounds guilty. <laughs> now, on the on the other hand, if Edith, if 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 Bill is living with Edith and they have joint custody of their daughter, Edith is going to be around this daughter. So the mature approach is: let's be friends. You're going to be around my daughter. I want a copacetic relationship. And I've got I know I've got friends that have gotten divorced, and they go out like them and their new husband. Him and his new wife, they all go out, like, they do holidays together, like, no yeah. animosity whatsoever. They're friends. They're adults. Mature adults. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, it kind of depends on how... Oh, one of them, he those... cheated. One of them, he cheated on his wife, divorced her, married his side piece. The wife took the high road because they had a son and was like, let's be... They literally all sit at church together. Wow. The wife, the ex-husband, and the new side piece with the kid in between them all. Like, it's the oddest thing, but kudos because there's a kid involved. So right. you don't be make a freaking adult. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, okay. I, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I'm saying so. it I can think, happen. I think Anne is... Uh, Anne's the friend. Anne. I'm sorry. Yeah. Edith. E- Edith, yeah. I think she's a lunatic. Oh, well. We're going to get into it. So, yeah. um, Edith said that Luis told her, I need, which is possible, Luis said, I need you to help me get Bill to go through with this divorce. I've sent the letter. He's dragging his feet. He's asked for time. I want the divorce. Like, you and him are living together. You've got four kids that you're raising with him now. I've got my daughter. She's over there. The kids all get along. Just help me get him to sign the papers. Right. Which, if she wants out, perfect sense. And so, um, Edith said that Luis then kind of went into some details about her marriage with Bill, like, this is why it's over. This is everything that happened before we moved here. Luis, not Edith. Yeah, Luis. Luis told Edith I and said, know. here's all the affairs that he had. Here's all the affairs. I'm actually involved with a man right now. Um, he doesn't live here. He wants me to move away with him. He doesn't want me to take Linda with me, so I've told him no, but I'm trying to talk him into, like, let me take my daughter. I just need you to help me get Bill signed the pay. So... That's really sketchy kind of too, though, because they're in most relationships that would be a red flag to me, anyways. But in the fifties, oh, you don't want to raise someone else's kid. I understand that, but still, kind of a red flag because most men don't they they get it. Like you were already married. Before. Oh, you tell me that you'll you'll take me, but not my kid. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. So, um, back to the so let's talk about Edith. You wanted to know about Edith. Here's about Edith. Edith is a waitress. She's just sitting there waiting tables when Bill walks in. Stars in the eyes. Love. Um, they met in March, same year everything else is happening. Right. Yep. Um, Edith was coming out of a her second marriage. It was a very rocky marriage. She'd just gotten divorced when Bill met her, and she's a single mom of four kids, like I already said. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk to people about Edith, there are two very different opinions of Edith. One, she is a very hard worker. She's very frugal, which a single mom of four, I would say she'd have to be. In the 50s. Women make horrible wage compared to men today. Back in the 50s, you're supposed to be barefoot and barefoot pregnant, and pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So that was one opinion. The other opinion is she was very calculating, like manipulative, and she just wanted money, 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 so she could go out and have a good time, which who doesn't? So while their relationship was quote unquote new, everyone knew about this relationship. And everyone had opinions about, like, for instance, Bill's best friend Mel. That was a superintendent. Yeah. Superintendent, last one to see Luis alive, said the whole relationship was bollocks. Bill needed to grow up. Luis needed to grow up, and for the sake of their marriage, the sake of the family, they needed to do the nice 1950s thing and just tough it out and fake a smile. Like, he would tell Bill that all the time. Like, you just, this is ridiculous. Just, and, you know, Luis's sister said Luis didn't really go out and date men. She just went out with friends and... As she put it, like to window shop, test okay. the car before you drive it. Luis? If you, yeah, Luis. Okay, I just wanted to make sure we're, yes. we're 100% on that name. We are, Luis. So, so while like, the rule of three, though, real quick, I'm just going to say. Yours, mine, and the truth. No, no. Oh. Well, yeah, there's that, but I'm talking like rule of three. Like, if somebody's already been married and divorced three times, you start to think maybe it's that person. Maybe they're the one with the problem. Right? <laughs> like, I'm just saying. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm saying you know, nobody knows anybody's circumstances, but you know. So this relationship obviously is very new. 
been eight months at this point since he met her. Yeah, eight months. And they live together. Hey, listen, a lot can happen eight months, like babies. Yeah, apparently. Um, no, yeah. Uh, That's not even a full-term pregnancy, a bro. Yeah, you could start a garden. All right, Miss Clinton sees. You could, uh, I'm just trying to think of all the things you could do yeah. in eight months. But yeah. their relationship was out in the open. Like, Edith's own children thought that her and Bill were already married. He lived there. That's their new daddy, but be that as it may, it's well known, so that means the police want to have a chat with Edith. When the, really? When the guy you're living with's wife comes yeah. up dead and half burnt, let's talk to the lady, the other lady. Oh, man. I like right? So, I mean. That was sarcasm for anybody yeah. who's first time listening? <clears throat> and, you know, I'm just going to say, she met this guy and moved him in with her four children four months after knowing him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Him yeah, I would watch yeah. yeah, but no, no. He left. He's like, really? You are psychotic. So she, so Edith meets Bill at a restaurant. Four months later, they're living together. Um, and then three months after that, his wife, his legal wife, is found dead, burnt up, and you know, the police figure it's worth having a conversation what with her. Yeah. So I told you, man. They. <laughs> Chick, chick sounds like she a little bit cray. Yeah. yeah. So they uh they have an interview with Edith. Little interrogation Wednesday. The Wednesday after Luis's body is found. So it was found Monday. Wednesday they got her sitting in the station in a taped interview. And Edith unloads everything onto the police. She takes them through the whole messy eight months of up and down in the relationship between herself and Bill. She tells the police, Bill told her that he was getting a divorce from Luis and they um, they were getting a divorce. Like, that's 100%. They're getting a divorce. But for financial reasons, he still had to live in the apartment with Luis for now. But it's okay. Edith didn't need to worry about it because Luis's mother lived with them as a chaperone. But I'm just going to throw out there, two married adults don't need a chaperone even if they're getting a divorce. But that's fine. Anyway, right. this is her story to the police. And Edith tells the police, I was fine with it. It was okay. He'd already introduced me to Luis. We knew each other. We talked several times on the phone. Um, Bill and I are getting married as soon as this divorce is finalized. Luis knows it. She's fine with it. And she tells them, you know, we, we haven't met in person yet, but Luis is really, really excited for us to sit down and be friends. Like, we're going to be friends. We talk all the time on the phone. But here's the thing. Luis calls me up the other day and tells me that she changed her mind about the entire thing and she's no longer okay with the divorce and Bill getting married to her because Luis heard Bill tell their daughter Linda goodbye this morning and it just hit her that this decision is too hasty and Edith just needs to understand. So Edith told Luis... To, Edith is batshit. Yeah, so Edith tells Luis, you need to go out and find yourself a new man. I, you, you you can't have mine that right. you're married to. Yeah. Go find yourself a new man. But, ugh, you know, Luis just didn't listen to her, and she said she wanted to talk to Bill. So apparently, Luis then calls Bill, and they talk for several hours. The next day, Bill calls Edith and says, we need to go sit down and have lunch. So Bill told her, I'm having a hard time with all these choices. I've made a bunch of choices. I don't know if they're right or wrong. Now I got more choices to make. I don't know what's right and wrong. I just need some time alone to think about everything. Okay. This, this is what she's telling the cops. Yeah. So Bill takes off on a week vacation by himself, which sounds amazing, might I add. But yeah. still, because <clears throat> he's just going to think over his relationships 
more than likely to find a new girlfriend. Right, but, yeah. You know. But Edith says he called her every night, and they talked on the phone. And every night, he told her how much he missed her. And when he got back in town, he drove straight to the restaurant where she was on duty and hugged her so hard. She told the detectives, he hugged me in a way that let me know he was never leaving town or me again. That's what that hug told her to her, to her core. So that night. So you have like a, literally, it's like a match made in hell right now. He is a complete narcissist. Could absolutely care less about how anybody else feels, right? Yeah. And then you have a woman who is clearly delusional. <laughs> like, just. Okay, I'm sorry. I had to interject that. Just because oh. I'm sitting here, I'm trying to be quiet a little bit. Like, oh, you interjected story. one like, sentence too early. I, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Had to. You do it to me all the time. I don't even feel. Bad. I, don't, I don't. She is Looney Tunes. Yes. She ain't right. So, Bill hugs her like he's never leaving again. Yeah. yeah that night, that night she gets off work and Bill asks Edith to marry him. They went and they bought a ring and then they drove straight to the park where the two in front of God, the stars, and the trees said vows to each other and became man and wife. Not taking into account the fact that he was already married. Right. So, the tree, though, I guess was the priest then? Yep. yep. Yeah. Or the They're stars. married now. Oh, we don't know. Okay, They're married. Cool. Cool. Then they took off to an amazing honeymoon in Indiana. And it was just a beautiful summer of love. Because when I think romance. <laughs> I was wondering if you were just going to let that slide. I think, shit, going to Indiana. I'm going to Indiana. <laughs> Isn't that where Peyton Manning plays that football? <laughs> so, they after they get back from the... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, after they get back from their, oh their amazing destination, Indiana Honeymoon... Um, they have a summer of love. They go look at houses together. They're having fun family days with four kids. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. just living in newly wedded fake bliss. Because again, he's married. Yeah. There was no one to officiate besides the shrubs. The tree. The, the stars. So I bless this marriage. Mm-hmm. No, Unfortunately, delusional. this summer of loving and newly married bliss Ended, as we know, on Labor Day, when his wife came back from her vacation, which is apparently the time it took the fake marriage to happen, and then Bill starts acting weird again. So That's amazing how that works. Yep, so after Labor Day, when his wife came back, his other wife, he just starts being weird. So this is the time when Luis sends that divorce letter, and Bill starts working late, which frustrated Edith because she's pregnant. Oh, there's a twist. So. Wait, 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 wait. Is she, like, pregnant? Or then, I'm going to put him in air quotes, but you guys can't see it. <laughs> or is she pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> mm. That probably shouldn't be funny, but it's kind of real life, so yeah. it is what it is. So, this is not real life. This is a freaking daytime soap opera, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> when the asylum, insane asylum turns. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, Edith finally works up the courage to ask Bill if he is seeing Luis again, which he's still married to her, so I don't know how it's again, but are you seeing Luis again, or do you have somebody else that you're seeing? And you know what Bill said? Uh, I can't keep my dick in my pants. He said, maybe I should move out. Oh, okay, cool. To that apartment that I have that's still sitting there. Yeah. That, you know. Yeah. So, his wife 
his 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 I'm fake not, wife. I was just gonna say, hold on, which wife now? Now you see why I was confusing names here. Okay, so you need to say tree wife, <laughs> or, <laughs> or legal wife, or legal wife. So his his uh his tree wife who's pregnant, <laughs> they're newly married, fakely. She's pregnant and he just wants to move out. And then Bill has the audacity to say, I have to consider Linda. You'll make it out okay. Oh. So she's already got four kids. What's the fourth? What's the fifth? fifth. Yeah. Just say, have a fifth. Counting. So mid-October is at the time when Louise had called up Edith to talk and told her she had thought about it. And she's okay with Edith and Bill getting married now. She doesn't want him anymore. She got back from her. Vi- she, she doesn't want him. She wants the divorce. You take him. He's yours. But Edith says, you know what? I might, I might just start. I think he might just be in somebody else besides the two of us. So Edith has been very stressed and ends up having a miscarriage through all this. Um, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, did she have a miscarriage? Or I'm going to put back in quotes for those of you that can't see. I'm going to assume it's the second one. Okay. But since they're already fake married, Edith and Bill decided they're going to try to work it out. Even though she told Luis, I don't want him either. Right. Her and Bill sit down and talk, and, you know, they're going to try to work it out and stay together at least through Christmas for his fake kids that, you know, the four that she had with two other men. But the police say, you know, we, we still want our original question answered. Where were you the night Luis went missing? Because this is all the stuff she's wow. been spouting to the police the whole time. Everything I told you, this is all her crazy. This is what she's telling in a recorded interview. That was not backstory. That is her verbal diarrhea. Well, I think her plea is pretty clearly uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. So the police are like, "That's all well and good, but uh, where were you the night she went missing? October thirtieth. Where were you?" I had to guess. And so Edith says, "Well, she was playing with some fairies." Somewhere. I forgot. I forgot that night. Jason I, gnomes. Yes. No, she wasn't. Um, uh, she actually has a... She's, maybe, like, hung out with Swift for a little while. No. Anybody? David the Gnome? Yeah, buddy. You're no, out there. None of that. Is. I've never she seen David the Gnome, so I don't know. Um, that day, the, the day that she went missing, the 30th, Edith took her mother to run some errands. They went shopping for toys, bedroom furniture, and then that night, the night, the 30th, um, she actually had a sewing class that she taught. She was running a little late. Most nights, her daughter Jill would drop her off to class, and then Bill would pick her up from class. But she had to drive herself that night because she'd been shopping all day with her mom. So she was running a little bit late, but that's where she was at. The next day, Friday, Edith babysat the two little boys she babysits. They're two and four. And she picked them up from their house, babysat them all day, and then brings them back home. When she brought him back home, the the little the two year old's um, snowsuit was a little wet, and Edith told the dad, "Don't worry about that. I've been cleaning my car seats out today, and I'm really sorry if they smell a little bit like smoke. But we were burning leaves outside oh, while they God. were playing. Again, if you tell me right now that she burned that woman with the kids. Oh my! I'm going to tell you right now that is her statement to the police. She tells the police this." This isn't, uh, this is what happened. This is her still talking to the police. Whatever happened to, I have the right to remain silent. She, does not, <laughs> just, she has the right. She doesn't take it upon she, herself. She no. is dope. Okay. So, anyway. um, so she's sorry if they, if their clothes or hair smell a little bit like smoke. They burned leaves in the backyard while the kids were playing. So after this whole verbal diarrhea, the police asked Edith. Okay. We, we get all that. Who do 
you think could commit this kind of crime? And I am going to. Did she say me? No. Because I feel like that's where we're going with this. It was me. It was me. No, no. This is what I'm going to read you her statement to the police. All right. Go. This is her statement. The only thing I could figure out is that she met someone and they went out, you know, just met him on a date. And if I was making an opinion, which, you know, I don't even really want to talk about this. But if if I had to say something, like I had to say something, then I would say it would be this fellow that she met that she said comes around sometimes. He comes in like on a Thursday night because he comes in town. So on Thursday night he comes and maybe there was an argument. She did mention that when she talked to him about everything, he wanted her, like, you know, everything with her and Bill, the the whole, the divorce, not divorce, divorce. When when she told him about all this, he said that he said that she should just go away with him, but he wouldn't take Linda. And that's why when Bill said that she was gone, I said, is Linda gone? Because, I mean... It seems something funny that she would just go away like that. It just seems pretty suspicious. That's who the kind of person is she thinks could commit this kind of crime. Her head. Her head. That's her direct quote. I cut it off. Um. Um. So at this point. Uh, there was just a lot of word vomit there. No, it didn't answer the question. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to like kind of pick and choose maybe what I just heard. Basically. And none of it was relevant. Like nothing If you was boil relevant. it down. She's dating someone from out of town. Yeah. That comes in on Thursday Maybe nights. Maybe a trucker. Maybe. Yeah. He came in on a Thursday night. She went missing on a Thursday night. Maybe they fought about yeah. the whole Linda thing. Right. Yeah. Maybe. And then disappeared. But she doesn't right. want to talk about but it. But now if he's she, out of town. If she had to make one statement, that would be that her statement. That would be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, the police are just like, you know that whatever detective has had to listen to all of this, everything I've said that, because all of this, she, since I said, they questioned I her. Like, I feel like. All, they would be looking at her. I feel like, like they're. I'm looking at I feel you. like their hair is like standing up, like Ricky Ricardo dealing with Lucy. Yeah, and just like <laughs> please say, you know what? Do you remember that thing called oversharing? You, you, I'm just gonna. <laughs> she's never met a word she didn't like. I just asked you how your day was. <laughs> I just, Edith has a war on silence, and she is you winning have it. A good day. <laughs> yes. No. It was a yes or no question. So at this point, the police say, you know what? Let's polygraph him. It's the 50s. That's the sure way to tell. And after multiple hours worth of interviews, it was determined, the polygraph determined, that Bill's telling the truth on what he said happened that night. And Edith is, as I said earlier, (laughs) And he he went on. He explained everything. He told the cops about the the marriage under the stars to Edith. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Back up, rewind. Okay. He admitted. Yeah, he tells him. He, he about the marriage under the stars. To Edith. But he only married her, fake married her, because she was pregnant. But when she had that miscarriage is when he thought he should but, get back with Louise. But, 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 but then they moved back into his Chase, apartment. Chase. I'm not done yet. Let me finish. Because you're going to have questions. But then, so he decided he should get back together with Louise. But then moved back into his apartment because he wasn't sure if he wanted to stay with Luis at their old apartment. But then he found out Luis was pregnant again. Miracle of miracles. Edith. That one. Yes. You're the tree wife. You're tree me. wife is pregnant again. Tree wife. After Got the it. miscarriage. Cool. So. Bill not, and, not cool, like in the sense of. No, but cool, yeah. Like you're back on track. Yeah. So Bill and Edith. Pregnant. See number two. Go to the bank. Take out a $9,000 loan. 
which in today would be $80,000. Glad you did that math. Uh-huh. And they are going to pay off their mortgage, the mortgage. They're going to buy out Edith's ex-husband for his part of the house that they've been living in together. And um, Bill even tells the cops he owns two guns. He owns a rifle. He owns a pistol. They're both sent out. They're going to be sent out for testing. Like, he's... All this is determined. The polygraph says all this is true. He hasn't lied. He's being very honest with them. Now it's Edith's turn for the polygraph. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. for like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that we're living in, like, fairyland. No, no. No, I'm like everything that you said Mm -hmm. about Eva's little little testimony thing Mm -hmm. that happened. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there thinking like she was on acid. No, no, she's on Lerv. Okay, okay. She is high with the. So I'm sorry. They they actually got married under the stars. Yes, no, that was a true story. They took their vows together in front of the trees. And then you said she was pregnant. That's why they got married. That's why Bill married her. I I I made it. Assumption, if you will, Mm -hmm. that she may not have been, uh, in quote, pregnant, pregnant, right? We got to say it the right way. You have to, because there's the difference between she's pregnant and she's pregnant. Get it? I'm still going to go with I'm she's pregnant, not she's pregnant. She's because she miscarried and all of a sudden she's pregnant again. It's a miracle. It is. Miracle, miracle. Halloween. miracle. Oh, yeah. So. No, that was all before Halloween. This oh, is sorry. All, I'm sorry. This is all in eight months, my friend. Oh, my balls. Yeah. So. I got nothing left. It, it's Edith's turn for the polygraph. I'm confused, angry, sad. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking. I'm looking at Faith right now. Like, I don't think it's real. Like, it's yeah. not in, like, it's just a cartoon. No. Or no. one of those late night sitcoms or something. Oh, like, my I friend. Don't, is this. We're not even halfway I done. I got nothing. We're not even halfway done. I'm literally, I've, I have bound myself with my microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm like cuddling myself right now because I can't believe that yeah. that, that people live this way. It's like, that a, there's, it's a soap opera. That's why I love this. There's so much like drama. I, <laughs> sitting here thinking to myself. You thought she was making up the wedding in the, in the park. Everything. everything. She's like, oh, we had a wedding. Of stars and we no, no. Vows to the earth. That's true. True story. Yeah. Happened. Yep. Yeah. Give me a minute. Just uh, let's take a moment of silence. I'm going to take a deep breath here. And I'm just going to say that. Uh, I told you I went a different direction with, with this story. Yeah. But normally, like, I have words. And right now, words are escaping. Oh, they're. Yeah. You haven't even gotten to the bad parts yet. Well, no, I'm confusing myself. Like, because. <laughs> shut Valid. Up. Well, because now I can't 100% trust myself with the whole pregnancy. I thought she was a little. Well, I wouldn't put her firmly. She's not on the plane of, of reality. Right, right. Still, probably delusional. Because right? she did have a tree wedding with a man who's made, oh, and they man. don't live in a polygamous state. <laughs> They're not part of sister wives. Correct. Very, very. What? Uh, All right. You ready to hear about Edith's polygraph? Comes with another direct quote from Edith. <laughs> we do like those. She's, she's an interesting. <laughs> You know how I wear all my facial expressions. Like I just, <laughs> we really need to start recording some of these. To, I say my, I say it better with my face. Yeah, then I say it with words. It's perplexing. This this case is a psychological Perplex- phenomenon. Perplexing is a great word. Perplexing. That's yeah. Very good. I'm gonna say yeah, sure. I'm ready. Well, Whether I'm not like I'm actually ready. That's up the air. The police were ready for Edith's polygraph. It was scheduled. <laughs> but like, I can imagine. Like, at this point, they're sitting here like, guys, you got to listen to this recording. (laughs) (laughs) How many times has that been played in the past 24 hours? This chick is nuts. 
And then they're like, hey, guys, do you got a polygraph scheduled for, like, 7 o'clock tomorrow? If you guys want to watch, <laughs> like. There's a we, two-way mirror. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there had to have been a group. Oh, gosh. I you know. I'd have been like, I want to watch this. And bring some popcorn, some jelly I'd be bellies. Like screaming at the two way mirror. Oh, yeah. False! <laughs> I don't need that dang machine. I can tell you. Did her lips move? It's a lie! It's a lie. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Faith. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, the police were all ready for the polygraph, but Edith calls the police and says, I don't have a babysitter, so I'm not going to do it today. <laughs> True story. Does it work like that, though? Not so sure. I'm, I'm just saying. They had it scheduled, like, and she said, nah. <laughs> I know you're placing me under arrest right now, but I've got stuff I gotta do. Like, this is not a convenient yeah. time for me. So, real life, detectives go to her house to babysit her four children while cops escort her back to the precinct so she can do the polygraph. Okay. I'm Why? literally thinking in my head right now, the next time I get pulled over for speeding, I am late. I don't I'm have... late. No, officer. thank you. Okay. I'm supposed to be getting married in the woods? Yeah. Under the stars? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm pregnant, maybe. Well, and you have to think, I, this is 1950s. My Polygraphs are like the Bible then. Oh, it's yeah. not like now. 100%. This is you're taking a polygraph, and she just says, I don't know. Yeah, not today. Gotta wash my I'm hair. Not feeling it. Yeah. Gotta wash my hair. So, um, yep. So the police, two detectives, or however many detectives it takes to watch her brood of four children stay, and the other cops escort her to the police, and Decide we're gonna we're gonna search her car while she's in there. We don't want to we don't want to hear this lady babble. We're gonna look at the car. Her car. Her car. Because they followed her. Um. So while observing the car, they saw that um that front passenger seat is sparkling clean. Nothing else is. But that front <laughs> passenger seat is noticeably clean. And there's yeah, a bunch. Like, it's like throwing up the condom <laughs> wrapper and right. leaving the condom on the bed. Like you. Oh, yeah. We didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're not going to clean the whole car. I'm just going to clean this one seat. There's some broken glass in the back. And even though she cleaned that front seat so well, she missed the blood spatter on the ceiling. <laughs> what a surprise. The stars left it for fate. It was commemorative, damn it. Yeah. So oh. the polygraph results say that her denials were of knowing about what happened to Louise were weak and she seemed to be stalling. No. So the police say, you know what, Edith? They should have asked her, hey, you ever pregnant? <laughs> it just should I'm have. sorry, I kind of want to know that information now. So the police say, you know what, Edith? You're lying. <laughs> we know you're lying. You know you're lying. You sit upon a throne of lies. You sit upon a throne of lies. And Edith says, you know what? I don't have to take this. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. She holds firm, but she's oh, going to okay. explain All what right. happened. All right. She tells the police, what happened is, Luis got a nosebleed in my car when they were having and their heart to heart. I to cauterize it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's not funny, the poor woman, but it is. It's just Edith. So she says, here's what happened. She dropped her purse. And when she went to get it, she bumped her head on the steering wheel, and it made her nosebleed. And but she was driving Edith's car. She was in. She was sitting in Edith's car while they were having their heart to heart. But it was those but big in the bucket seats. No, it was those big oh, okay. bucket. Okay. It was those big bench seats. Bench Sorry. Seats. Thank you. And so Edith, Edith tells the cop, I pop, I couldn't possibly have murdered Louise because 
I couldn't have taught my sewing class that night if I just murdered someone. I'd have been distracted and upset, and it's just not possible. And the police decide, you know what? We're just going to point out the areas of your story that are, that are not right or weak. So here's the deal. That blood spatter on the ceiling is the same blood type as Louise. It's blood typing. It's the 50s. They don't have DNA. So that's she as blew close her as nose into the air. And Edith goes the into the blood, the nose bleed story again. Hours of this. The cops, hours of this. The cop keep pointing out, here's what you said that's wrong. And Edith holds firms, and then finally she cracks. She tells the police, you know what? I know what happened to Louise Bergen, and I will tell you about it, but only if I get to talk to Bill first. I want to talk to Bill. Okay. So they bring Bill in, and he says, Edith, just tell him what you know about Louise. I'm, I'm going to stand by you. I'm not going to leave you. Just tell him the truth so we can be done. So Edith finally tells them the truth. Louise called her around 5.50 p.m., for help because she accidentally shot herself and needed help. Um, There's a reason for the silence. I so, so Edith is put under arrest um, for the murder. And before booking her into custody, they allow her to go home and say goodbye to her children. She was a hero. After all this, all Louise needed was help. And instead of calling an ambulance or mm-hmm. just any, any, person mm-hmm. literally somebody that's home honest to god like i'm gonna call my husband's mistress yeah mm-hmm. because i shot myself i live with my mom and my sister We're, who are home no no no, no friend no. I, 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 I want you to hear the true idiosity of what was and said. she is not his mistress she's his tree wife tree wife thank you <laughs> but we're sitting here having a conversation she's like, yeah louise shot herself yeah and she called me because she needed yeah, and police are like, you know what? You're under arrest. <laughs> thousand million people she could have called. Yep, that yep. Is, that is me ex- exceeding mm-hmm. exaggeration. At the pretty sure I'd have called a dog. Yeah. Before I called, you know, yeah. I'd have been like, hey, Lassie! <laughs> I fell into a wet. Timmy fell in the well! Yeah. I can't anymore. I don't even want to keep going. Yeah. Go. So... They let her go home to say goodbye to her kids before they book her into the into the prison. While they're there, police decide to go ahead and search her house. Um, Bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, since we're here. May as well not kill the day. <laughs> Bill does not stand by his woman. Woman. Really? And immediately, um, he tells the press he's just relieved the whole ordeal's over. He would never actually marry that woman. He was trying to reconcile with his wife. Which I guess at one point in time was true, but which wife? Tree wife or legal wife? I don't know, but that's what he tells the press. Back to Edith at home saying goodbye to her kids. Police are searching her house, and they find a gas can in her basement. And they hold it up, and they're like, hey, Edith. She's like, yep, that's the one we used to pour the gas over Luis's dead body. We. So dete- oh, I like that word. Let's <laughs> underline that, highlight that real quick. We. Uh-huh. So detectives... Book Louise, and they continue to question her, putting more pressure for the truth. But Edith is firm. Louise accidentally shot herself in the head. And um, so <laughs> detectives continue to question Edith, putting more pressure for the truth. Wee, wee, wee. But Edith is firm. Louise accidentally shot herself in the head. Um, medical examinations. The medical examiner proves this to be a lie, as Louise was hit in the back of the head with something metal. But there were no bullet wounds in the back of her head. So let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. 
this woman mm-hmm. shot herself in the head mm-hmm. on a managed to we're in the 50s uh-huh there's no, no cell phone you're poking holes in your shorts. well you gotta Crawled pick which... <laughs> you gotta to a pay phone <laughs> maybe pay phone house phone i don't know where she was when she accidentally shot herself in the face yeah no Mm-mm. uh and instead of calling uh medical yeah she's like you know who would come save me tree wife edith would good soul and let me tell you Bill would be okay with it. Because we're friends. We're, fr- we're all we, sister wives. We all sit on ca- at campfire. We sing mm-hmm. Kumbaya. To the trees. To the trees. Yep. They were there the day they got married. Mm. Under the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Nope. It was actually, it was like an earthly healing. Uh-huh. Like, she just knew. Mm-hmm. If I, if I don't get there. Mm-hmm. I want to say you're being ridiculous, but with this story, I don't feel like you're that far off the mark. <laughs> so, I'm going to predict how the rest of the story is going to go. Okay. So, Edith gets this phone call. She's devastated. What, what do I do? Get to her. Mm-hmm. I gotta get to her. I gotta save her life. They're I friends. To, I have to. They're friends. Yeah. And so I'm gonna get into my car, and miraculously, in my car, there she said, she's in my car with with her head. The nosebleed is in the car. You forgot to add the nosebleed in there. Yeah, but we're still explaining the blood on the seat. Us, she. That's the nosebleed, remember? Right. So where was she when she accidentally shot herself? Nobody knows. Okay. We're not there yet. So uh, you haven't let us get to that part of the story. Yeah, I because I, I like where this my story's going. No, nope. let's like get back to going. my story okay. now. It's going somewhere. I did research. It's going somewhere. We're good. going back to my search. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> well, the places you go are never fun. Edith is like, I I could be here just for one day. Just for one day. And so she's like, Wow, I've got this entire canister of gasoline. I bet I can get the bleeding to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go with your story. Okay. This is not going to end well. Yo. Um, the day after Edith's arrest, she confirms to the police she did use Bill's gun. When Edith is told she's she was be- arrested, by the way, just I had to throw it out there. Yes, yeah. I said that she was charged. Yeah. Remember, they let her you go said home the and day say that goodbye. She was arrested. Oh, the day. A- oh, yes, the day after she's arrested. No, I love you. I was just picking on you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Edith is told she's being charged for first-degree murder, and she is bam- Why would you get charged for first-degree murder for being a hero? Here's the thing. She, the police told her if she told the truth, it would just be manslaughter, and she told the truth one of those times. So, first-degree murder? So, this is the day after she's arrested. Her brother, at this point, has called her an attorney because never once did she ask for one in all this verbal diarrhea she gave the police. Literally just rambles and he just story to the, the de- de- detective says hi. And she's like, let me tell you. So the, her attorney gets there and he's up shit's creek without a battle, bro. He gets there. Not only has Edith already told the police everything in a, in a recorded. Just sitting there like talking to her like, at any point in time, did you ever think to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Edith doesn't just talk to them on a recorded testimony. Oh she took a poly tr- polygraph and gave a written statement all before the, inter- the attorney gets there. And he's like, well, damn, I shouldn't have said yes to this one. Can we just, guys, like, seriously. <laughs> Can I you imagine? I, I be in, this, in the attorney's. Can you imagine absolute, being that attorney? Absolute four. You're not even right court now. appointed. Like you signed up for this. No, I'm serious. I'm serious right now. I literally, I am this attorney, right? I am taking full four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We got two options. All right. One. Just not 
Okay? <laughs> just, just not that. All right? Um, well, pretty much she'll tell you what she wants. <laughs> she already did. <laughs> Two. He's got no bargaining chip. I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and just throw it out there. <laughs> She ain't right. Like, <laughs> Can you imagine being that attorney? You get you you sign up and Again. say yes to this case and get there, and you're like, "Oh, you've already talked to her. Recorded, you say. You got a polygraph. She signed a statement, did she? You said, Great. You said, the state pays me, right? Like, win or lose, I get paid. Is that no? That her brother hired him. Oh he's not. Hi- he's hired. Oh. He's not court appointed. Her brother calls. 1-800-LAWYERS, this guy's like, I'll take the case, and shows up, and he's like, ah, shit, <laughs> did I pick the wrong one to answer? Can I call, is it too late to call him sick? Hey, I, I forgot to tell you, there's a retainer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Edith, I told you Edith has a written statement, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm now gonna give you that written statement. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, that's not even a joke, like, I'm so stoked. Okay, go. I felt crazy trying to write Edith's statement Can and I tell her comments. You, there's, there's going to more than likely be me interjecting in some of this <laughs> at some point. Okay. I, I will tell you, human race, whoever's listening to this, I'm going to do my best to keep my mouth shut. I am, I am literally so amused by this. I know that the, a person died. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> It's horrible because a woman is. was murdered and burnt, but a hundred percent. This is this and is a car. This is like, a side of the road about carnival. The wrong person. Like, okay, never mind. This isn't I even understand. a. This isn't even a soap opera. Soap operas are too high class. I'm not even. This like, is a traveling carnival that's held together with duct tape. Is this? I am not forgetting about it. Okay, I'm no. just saying. It's like she had to have been <laughs> like. A ghost or in heaven looking at this, just like I, I want you to hear the thud. My God, that's the yeah. They're gonna get him. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's done. Yep, yep. Oh, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yep. She. I would have stopped talking. I would have stopped talking. <laughs> I'm the one that's dead. I'm. You know talking. she's. You know she's like, like. Just shut up, lady. <laughs> Save some suspense. Nope. All right. So, written statement. This is this is Edith's written statement. On Thursday, Luis called me 10 minutes to 5 while I was teaching some Girl Scouts how to sew. Luis said she was ready to leave for work and wants to talk to me. Could I meet her? Uh, It's kind of back and forth for me because I got the sewing class now, then I got the sewing class later. But she was um, expecting... in the midst of of the face bleed where she actually shot herself? That might be in there. Let's listen. So Luis says, you know... I'm leaving work. Can you just meet me? I'm expecting a call at 630. You know, I could possibly, I, and I could pause, I could make that. I suppose I could come. So I go down there. Well, I put the phone down after I talked to Louise and I call Bill and see if he's going to be home for dinner as he's usually at the office working late, but once in a while, oh, he'd he's come working home. it all right. Once Sorry. in a while, he'd come home. He says, no, I'll call you in a little while. And I was like, oh, I'll see you. And we hung up. The Girl Scouts left at about 5, and on my way to meet Luis, I opened the glove department in my car and I, to get a Kleenex, and I saw the pistol wrapped up. I had forgotten to put the pistol back, and I thought, better put that back when I get back, because Bill's very particular about his pistol. 
So I laid the pistol in the seat next to me, but I didn't unwrap it. I just laid it on the seat next to me. And I met Luis about 25 minutes after five outside the Hermes jewelry store. And she whistled when she saw me and I stopped the car and she got in the front seat. But Luis Luis didn't see the gun because my purse was on top of it and it was still wrapped. I picked Luis up in the the lane and there's no place to park. So we started up the road and I was going to find a place to park, but there was so much traffic. So I went to Caldwell Park and we talked about kids. We talked about Halloween, stuff like that. And she wanted to know if Bill had made up his mind about what he was going to do. And I, I told her, I asked him just to wait till after Christmas because, you know, the kids. In any of this I statement? don't think so. No. Okay. But wait till after Christmas because of the kids. She made up her mind to get a divorce and she was not going to take him back. It was just about dusk when we drove into Caldwell Circle. And she told me, she said to Bill, that girl, she loves you. Don't make her as miserable as you made me. She said definitely wasn't going to go back to him. She just wanted to know that we were getting along. And when we got there, I wanted to push the seat back when we parked. I wanted to push my seat back so I could sit sideways and talk to her like face to face. Wait a minute. The seat's stuck. Probably something under it. I got to get out and get in the back seat because there was a Coke bottle under it. I don't think I hit her with a Coke bottle because I don't think I had it. I probably took it out when I cleaned the car the next day. When I sat up, I was behind her and she had the gun in her hand and it was pointed at me and she was smiling. First, I kind of laughed. I thought it was a joke. I don't really remember. I started to laugh then and I grabbed it and her head hit the steering wheel. Oh, by the way, Edith has blackouts sometimes and she doesn't remember. That's why she said that, you know, just to let you know. So she came to. So she Edith, has blackouts. Yeah, she doesn't remember what happens. Um, Does she ever get sick of herself talking? No. And just passes out? No. So okay. she grabbed, she grabbed, she was la- starting to laugh because she thought it was a joke. She grabbed her, she grabbed, she grabbed at the gun and Luis hit her head on the steering wheel. When I came back too, Luis was just lying there and I felt for her pulse and her heartbeat, but nothing, there was nothing. And I thought about calling Bill, but I don't think he'll believe me. So I went back to the car and I was going to pull her out and leave her there. But I thought you would connect it to me. And I was scared to death. I felt for her pulse again. I shook her. There's just blood everywhere. I got blood on my face. So I took her feet and I dragged her to the trunk. She was quite bigger than me. She weighs about 150 pounds. I only weigh 125 to 130 pounds. Uh, this is her written statement so far. Cool. Yeah. So this is her confession. Um, this, this, this is her confession so far. So there are a few noticeable missing parts to it. Like where did Luis die? How did she die? Why was she burnt? Her official cause of death was skull and brain injuries due to a multiple of impacts to the head. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, did I, did, I, did I miss that part of her testimony or is it later? Hold on. Yeah, there we go. Okay, no, 125. She goes on to tell the cops about how, like, she drug her to the back of the car and she tried to put her in the trunk, but it was awful. She had such a hard time. Luis's head hit the side of the car to hit the side of the trunk. And when she'd get part of Luis's body and the other part would pop out, and then she'd get that part in and the other part would pop out. It was just awful. It was an awful time. So at this point, she's in jail. Bill is still visiting her three times a week. Even after the whole press conference that he was done with her, never planned. He's still visiting her three times a week. And then after a week, two, three weeks, however long his attention span lasts, he just stops coming to see her. 
And that's when Edith's lawyer informs Edith that Bill had moved to Washington, D.C. with a much younger woman. So this upset Edith, and she stopped talking to everyone, wouldn't answer any questions, even to her own lawyer, wouldn't help in her own defense at all. So, um, yeah, so the trial gets here. Okay. And witness is called up after witness after witness. And basically, everyone's condemning Edith. She's toast. Her lawyer 100% believes in Edith. Her lawyer thinks that she is lying to cover up Bill. Or she's at least leaving Bill out. But Edith won't talk to him, won't help. So all these witnesses come up in her trial until the final witness is called up. And it is William Bill whatever their last name is, because I can't remember now, because all I can think of is Edith and Louise. Um, Bergen. There you go. There you go. I remember thinking yeah. yeah, I did too. That's how I kept spelling it like Bergen. That should not have happened. Okay, bye. So, Bill testifies at the end and says that Edith has anger behind her eyes. And he did sign a bank loan with her, but he knew she wasn't going to pay it back. He just did it because she lied and said she was pregnant. And the whole time Bill is testifying against Edith, Edith is just, she looks visibly upset. She's sitting at her table, shaking her head. And she finally leans over to her lawyer secretary and says, I don't know how he can lie like that when he knows I can tell on him. And at the end of the day, Edith is found guilty of murder in the first degree with no recommendation for mercy. Mm -hmm. So it's an automatic death penalty. So Edith Klump. What a crappy lawyer. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, Edith Klump is sent to prison. And as a very religious lady, starts going to the chapel immediately. And after being there for a little while, the prison chapel wants to have a sit down with Edith's lawyer and says, here's the deal. Edith's been coming to the chapel for a while now. We've talked. I know her pretty well. And uh, I've I've looked into her case. Her case was sensationalized. And I'll tell you why at the end. Okay. But everyone knew about this lady. You can still find this lady. It's ridiculous. Um, But... He said, here's the deal. She's told me about what happened, and it, the, the chain of events she's telling me is very different than what was presented in court. And the lawyer, again, has believed the whole time Edith is covering for Bill. Because Edith, remember how she was saying she was having a hard time getting Louisa's body in the trunk, and she kept dropping her and hitting her head? It's uh, be- yeah, that, I feel like that probably would have left some marks. Well, the, the deal is Edith's arms, she had something. I, I never could find the diagnosis, but she was a waitress. She couldn't even carry trays of food. Her arms couldn't support it. She couldn't hold weight. Right. So how did she wrangle a 150-pound woman into a trunk by herself? Oh, she, she physically did. couldn't. She couldn't carry a 25-pound tray of food. And the lawyer's known this the whole time, but Louise, or Edith would not help in her own defense. Because she was so upset. So the lawyer has known Edith is lying for Bill. Knew this was, tried his damnedest. So he, he, here's the chain of events that the chaplain tells the lawyer. When the police first started, this is Edith's story to the chaplain. So it's in Edith's language. When police first started questioning Bill is when the story I gave the police was made up. I made up an alibi for him. It was an accident. He didn't mean to kill her. He said that they would never believe him, though. He said, I shouldn't tell them we were married. I shouldn't tell them I was pregnant. I just needed to tell one little lie. Then it was just one more little lie and another little lie and another and another. And he said, I just had to stick to my story and everything would be all right. Everyone would know it was an accident. I couldn't have possibly done it. It it wouldn't be possible for me to do it. 
So after I gave the story he told me to say down at headquarters, Bill was brought down there, and I told him I couldn't go through with this. Remember, she said she'd tell the truth if she talked to Bill? Yep. She told him I just couldn't go through with it because of the kids. Like, think of my children. And he said, I'm thinking of your children, and you better think of your children. If you value your own kids, you'll go along with what you've said. So Louise began to call me on October 30th, 10 to 5. That detail never changed. And she said she wanted to see me, and it was important. She wanted to see me right away. I called Bill to see if he was coming home. Sometimes he stayed late at the office. Sometimes he came right to school to pick me up after work. So we were talking on the phone, and I told him about going to meet up with Luis. And he said he thought, and I said I thought he ought to meet too. And that way we could all get everything out on the table at one time. Basically, he, Bill can't keep changing his mind. He suggests he'll pick her up and I was to go meet them behind Mount Washington Theater. I stopped to get gas. I ran to the grocery store and I guess I got there about 545. They got out of his car and got into mine and they were arguing. Louise sat in the front seat with me and Bill sat in the back. The argument got so bad at one point, Bill slapped her. And that's when she started telling me all the other things he'd done to her and how he cheated on her when they'd only been married for two weeks. They were arguing over money. She said she wanted $100 more. I started driving. They're arguing, and I felt sick. I had to go to the bathroom. I told Bill I needed to look for a gas station, but he was in a foul mood and said, just pull over in that subdivision, and you can go there. So I stopped, and I got out of the car, and I stopped, and I jumped out real quick, and she says to me, are you all right? Do you want me to go with you? But I says, no, I'll be all right. And I ran across the road to the bushes, and I was ill. She was only away for about, uh, excuse me, Edith was only away for about five minutes, she said. Um, she was really upset about everything. Her stomach's hurting. She's sick. And they're just arguing and going at it. Louise had been crying and asked Bill for a hanky, and he told her there's a Kleenex in the glove bar. A glove in the glove box. And a week before that, Bill had put his gun in the glove department. Bill was looking at the win- out the window watching me when she leaned over and opened the glove box. Bill turned to look at her, and she had turned around in the seat and had the gun in her hand and was holding it. He didn't even think about it. He just reached over and grabbed her wrist, and she was sitting a little off balance. So when he grabbed her, she fell over and fell. When she fell over, the gun wound up being under her chin and went off. He couldn't have hit her in the back of the head. He was down. He couldn't have hit her in the back of the head. Her head was down on the seat when I came to, and Bill was in the back seat leaning over her. I saw blood. He was all bloody, and I just don't know what he was doing. I couldn't see anything in his hand, and I didn't see the gun, and I just started screaming. So she says she passed out, and then when she came to, Bill's like, let's burn the body. And... She says she just starts running down the road, like she's freaking out, and Bill screams, where do you think you're going? And Edith said, I'm going to get help, I'm going to get help, she's bleeding, you know. And Bill says, if you know what's good for you, you're going to come back here. So Bill opened the trunk and forced her to help get Luis's body into the trunk, then drove, Bill drove, had Luis drive him back to the other car, and he said he's going to go clean himself up and go to Mel Abram's house, his alibi. And that she was going to go to school and teach her class. And she did not want to. She's very upset. And he says, if you don't go back and teach your class, it's going to look suspicious. Because she went missing tonight. Everyone's going to know it was you. You have to go teach your class. And then we'll talk. So that's what she did. She drove with Luis's body in the back of the car. 
taught the class. Oh, my God. Then they go and sit down and talk, and they stay up talking, trying to figure out what do they do now. She made coffee, and they're trying to decide what to do with Luis's body. Bill wants to throw it in the river. The, there's boat docks everywhere, and someone could see them. So they couldn't do that. So then Bill thinks the woods. We'll go dump her in the woods. But I told him there are rangers out there. Someone can still see us. So that's when they decided to drive to Lake Cohen two hours away. They got in the car that night. Bill got the gas can and they drove out, dumped her body, and burned it. As they're driving back, Bill tells her, listen, tomorrow you've got to go back out there by yourself with another can of gas and light the body again to make sure it's burnt all the way through, and I've got to go to work. So the next day, she goes and picks up the two-year-old and the four-year-old she's babysitting, packs them in the car, has the gas in the back, and starts to drive the body. And she's following Bill's instructions, but right before she gets there, she's like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm not doing this. And she turns around and goes home. Bill calls her and says, did you take care of the situation? She's like, yep, sure did. She said, I just lied to him. I, I, I'm not going to tell him I didn't do it. Ain't, I saw him hit her. I, I just watched him kill her. Burn her body. I just said, yep, I did it, and I, I, but I couldn't do it. And that's why her body was only partially buried. She didn't relight her on fire by herself. Mm-hmm. But after I that, I don't understand what the, she said that the kid's clothes could have smelled like smoke. Because it's just, it, they were there at, like, there was smoke. There was, there was smoke around at her house. She did burn leaves because she had to get rid of the gas. She goes home and cleans out the car. And her lawyer did a full court press. She's on death row. He files appeal after appeal after appeal. Every, re- every appeal is turned back with the same guilty verdict. You're going to the electric chair. Right. The lawyer, out of his own pocket, paid to have her given truth serum, which was sodium amitrol. And it's not, it doesn't make you tell the truth, but it like lowers your inhibitions. Basically, you're high and you yeah, don't care to tell. Yeah, it's harder to lie. So under, under the influence of sodium amitrol, she says she remembers coming out of the thicket and saw Bill standing over Luis's body. Same story she told to the, 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 um, to the chaplain. All right, so under the truth serum, Edith gives the same exact story that she gave the chaplain. Um which, again, lawyer paid for out of his own pocket. So eventually the case is reopened with the help of the Ohio State governor because he became invested in the case. Okay. Why? Just because. I mean, if when you look at the oh, facts, well, yeah. Right? Like, 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 it's we've been entertained the whole time. How can you not hear this case and not be like, I want to, I got to see how this plays out. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> ever, like, heard something so stupid yeah to be the truth yeah you know what i'm saying her stuff was so stupid yeah mm-hmm. i i hate myself right now for yeah all the jokes that i made but it's so it that's entertaining. The, it was and i knew the whole time that you'd feel kind of bad but the deal is is she loved bill bill said there it was an accident they're never gonna believe me i just need you to lie so that's why her stories were so crazy she couldn't keep track of her lies Right. And every time they'd point out a flaw, she'd just make up another lie. And not to mention the fact that she wasn't really even there for half. Yeah, and she... Like she literally probably went to vomit in the woods. Yeah, and he's already told her, if you care about your kids, you're going to keep it up. So she's literally just trying to lie her way out of it. And she's not a good liar, okay? Let's just be honest. So the case is reopened, and Edith was found guilty of perjury, burning a body, collusion in the death of Louise Bergen, but not guilty of murder 
So her ver- her death penalty verdict is overturned, and she's sentenced to 10 years in prison, which she's already served three at this point. And she spent her 10 years in prison becoming a mother figure to all the other inmates. When she got out of prison, she remarried, had a happy life, lived with her children. Um, she was released in prison in uh, May 12, 1971. And she lived with her new husband and her children until 1999 when she died of cancer on Christmas Eve. Lived a good life after that. But Bill, what about Bill? That's what you're wondering, aren't you? What happened to that cocksucker, Bill? Well, the night of the murder, Bill claimed he was with a prostitute while Luis was being murdered. And the prostitute, when they questioned her, she said, that's a lie. I wasn't with him then. You're you're a big old bag of crap if you can't even get a prostitute to lie for you. I'm right. just saying. December 28th, 1962, the Ohio General, well, okay. On December 28th, <laughs> let's just start that one let's over. Rewind, we'll, yeah. Yeah. On December 28th, 1962, the Ohio Attorney General, under the direction of the Ohio governor himself, who's invested, uh-huh. requests a subpoena from the Maryland court for Bill to appear under oath for a special commission because he had moved to Washington, D.C. Wants, wants to have a special commission, which the Ohio governor himself planned to be there and lead the questioning of Bill, of what happened. And I'll tell you what. You want to talk about crazy mofos. Yeah. Politician questions. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be involved in mm-hmm. politician questions. Under subpoena <laughs> for this same inquisition was also Mel Abrams, his best friend, who was his alibi, who alibied him for the night, but he actually did go to his house. Right. And the prostitute, and also Ann Anderson, Luis's friend from the night. But, unfortunately, the prostitute died of a heart attack on May 15th, Suddenly, randomly, right after giving her statement to the police about she never, she didn't, wasn't with Bill that night, and she just dropped set of a heart attack. The day before he's scheduled to appear for this commission, the subpoena, his attorney files a motion to squash the subpoena. And it is granted. Commission's off. Let me guess. He is a politician to the day. Uh, No, the city, the circuit court appeals this and files another request to have Bill Bergens brought forth and questioned. But it was ruled that he did not have to answer this commission. He did not have to follow this subpoena. Bill didn't, unless it was in the state of Ohio, which he wasn't a resident of, so they couldn't bring him back. The Pardon and Parole Commission met to vote on this, and they voted 5-0. to zero. To let Bill basically off free and clear and just let Edith's conviction stand for Luis's murder. So Bill was not brought in. He was not questioned. Um, there's actually, now I told you, I tell you, I didn't want you to, I didn't want you to discount this because it's amazing. And we, we didn't like Edith there for a long time, right? Yeah. Um, there's a book written on this case. You can get it on Amazon. It's called Cincinnati's Savage Seamstress. And this is why she was, remember I said her court case was sensationalized? So apparently she was a whiz with a needle. And while she's in prison, all her court cases, she would sit up at night and make herself these, so from scratch, these custom outfits, which were apparently like banging. And she wore a different outfit every day for two weeks at her court cases that she stayed up at night and hand-sewed. So the press went banana sandwiches over her, loved her, 
She was everywhere. Everyone, because her outfits were so amazing that she sewed. Everyone loved her clothes. So she was deemed the savage seamstress. But because her clothes were so outlandish and so on point, all the media was there. She was in every newspaper. Like, everyone knew. You can literally, if you Google this case, all you see is pictures of her. The savage seamstress. But because she tried to protect her boyfriend, slash fake tree husband, she went to jail for 10 years and he got off scot-free for something she didn't do. Did you have that pulled up ready? That's my case. What an absolute catastrophe yeah of just <laughs> quit doing the cricket it, it didn't <laughs> that's my case you're a little upset aren't you Is I, flabbergasted? I have so many i have so many thoughts right now i'm sitting here thinking to myself hey um there was a gun in the car uh mm-hmm. you you just watched the man that you're in love with kill this woman mm-hmm. uh and then you're like oh well well, he said it was I'm, an I'm accident. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to go burn this body. He said it was an accident, and she believed it was an accident. Well, like, believed. I mean, is, this, is this like a 2000s frame of mind where you're like accident, manslaughter, not that? She thought. I think she thought. I think at first she thought it was an accident, and when he said, "I need you to lie for me," because no one will believe it's an accident if they know it was me. They'll think it's an accident for you. So I think she went along with it. Until okay, she got I too cannot, deep, I cannot honestly think to myself mm-hmm. that I. My only think, a bit much. I like, think she was like, afraid oh, yeah, of hey, him. Man, you cheated on your wife, like yeah, you got you got yeah. a little blowy one night. That's one thing. Yeah. Okay, but hey, accidentally killed this chick. Your wife, yeah. But I think I think at first she thought it was an accident, and when he said I need you to lie for me, she was like sure. And then I think by the time she figured it out, she was probably afraid of him. He's out of prison with her four kids. So he's got her four kids. He's already threatened. She's literally watched him murder and burn his wife. So would you want to cross him? Because the lawyer knew about her arm. She physically couldn't carry a 20-pound tray. She never defended herself on the she carried a 150-pound woman. She even said that she did it knowing that it was a physical impossibility. And the lawyer knew it, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't give access. She wouldn't do anything in her defense. She literally just sat there. And the only thing she did is when, he, when Bill got on the stand, look at the lawyer's secretary and said, I can't believe he'd lie like that. He knows I could tell on him. But she knew well, she was just... afraid. And I think she was a little cuckoo. Well, yeah, I do think she's a bit. I, I still, I don't think, I think that light, the wattage on her light bulb is more ambiance than a functional light. Correct. The hamster quit moving. Uh, but I still think, like, just in my weird little mind, mm-hmm. we're taking care of our own when it came to Bill. I don't know what that means, per se, but, like, whether it's manpower, yeah. like, hey, well, even the, the men, you know I what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. But. I don't know why, because even the Ohio governor wanted him. Like, he wanted to question him. He was invested. And so was her attorney. It was this parole, little, this little parole committee that was like, eh, she's already served time. Why make him serve time? Basically, attitude. But see, that's the sucky part. It's like, even if you have somebody in that kind of power, mm-hmm. what is this? That's the only thing that leads me to believe. I'm sorry. That's, that's I just me. That's real life. Agreed. But, but how can five to, five people met in a room and all five of them were like, yeah, he did it, but 
let's just let her sit in prison for 10 years. Yeah, because they don't care. She was no, she was no relevance to that case whatsoever. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, and they just couldn't they be bothered. They didn't pursue him. They didn't do anything with him, even after the facts came out. You know they were in that room smoking cigars and like, ah, I bet she got a little mouthy. That's why after Broad didn't know her place. And back then, that's probably perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Damn, Faith. I know. Why? What the, were you thinking? The other case was so dark and twisted, and I spent so much time researching it. I had, like I said, I found a couple that did horrific things to a lot of people, and I was going to start on it. And I literally started reading, and I was like, I can't do this. And I remembered this case, and I loved Edith. Edith's mind fascinated me. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I don't know how you do it. How I do what? But, like, I would say, like, 80, strong 85% of the cases that you tell. Uh-huh. I wind, I wind up looking like the biggest dick. Listen, you did that to me on, the on the What's Her Name. You, on Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. <laughs> I sat there and smack talk Lorena saying, I would never do this to a victim. And at the end, she was a victim. So, uh, ha ha. Hey, listen. Listen. Plus, we Edith was hilarious. Like, we was when that, when that case happened. Everybody in our generation. Okay, yeah, but you set me up hard for that. Gonna, and you know I'm it. Lorena Bobbitt you, right? And everybody just thinks, oh. The dick got cut Somebody out, right? said I was watching a but show the no other day, and they brought up Lorena it. Bobbitt, and I was like, "She was, n- she was justified. He deserved it." Right? Yeah. yeah, but you you screwed me on that one, and Edith, I just loved Edith. I can just imagine her sitting there just being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" whoa. I mean, she just—it's like okay, I feel like the oh. whole repertoire between the two of us is like you get me so emotionally damaged. In your cases, to where I just look like the hugest douchebag. Well, it's, like the hugest douchebag. I kill can't him, kill him where he stands. I can't make you look like it. something that's not there. Shut up. But then when I tell my cases, I am like I pull at your heartstrings. Yeah. And you get on these soapboxes, and you're like, I do. Do get all soapboxes. Anyway, that is my love triangle story for Valentine's Day, guys. Happy, happy. Hope y'all have a great weekend filled with love. Not as much as Bill. I'm going to spend the next week of my life trying to rip you apart. (laughs) There's no doubt in my mind. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to find something. That was a good case. Come on. That was a good case. You can't tell me you don't love Edith. And her just random babbling nonsense trying to keep a lie straight. Oh, her trying to lie is the best thing ever. I feel like all she had to do was just be like, (laughs) she's like, she reminds me, she reminds me of my aunt and uncle adopt. I've talked about before they adopted the little boy with fetal alcohol syndrome who had some mental disabilities. And when he was little, my dad used to love, I think they're actually called no bake cookies. My dad always called them doo doo cookies. It's the chocolate cookies with like the the oats in it, you know? So my aunt always made them for my dad when we come in town. She made them. She gets up the next morning. The cookies are gone. Okay. And she looks at, at my, at my we'll, call him, we'll call him Bill, my cousin. She looks at Bill, and she's like, Bill, did you eat Uncle Chris's doo-doo cookies? And he goes, I need Uncle Chris's doo-doo cookies. Meanwhile, there's chocolate <laughs> all over his face. It's down the front of his pajamas. It's in his hair. Like, he's covered in chocolate and oats. And he's like, I need those doo-doo cookies. And Chris's doo-doo cookies. I didn't eat them doo-doo cookies. I feel like that was Edith trying to lie. Hi! Like, she's, he's covered in jo- Obviously, you ate the doo-doo cookies, Bill. Obviously. But 
He's a, he's just lying. And I feel like that was I, I just feel like <laughs> like that was her. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't no not me. Felt like I'm just gonna use that excuse on like everything from this point forward. What? Why'd you get pulled over for speeding? Had a nosebleed. <laughs> There's no blood. It's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just loved I'm it. Sorry, I'm I sorry. loved it. She was supposed to give a lie detector. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna cancel that today. I'm not gonna make you know, it." You know, can I tell you what though? What? Hundred percent pisses me off the most. This narcissistic, yeah. absolute shitbag. Yeah, gets away with murder. Okay, murder. Not only, not only, no, no and no. bigotry. I was just gonna say, like, he was killing her soul. From the yeah. moment they said I do. And he all eight was months. literally. All eight months. No, no. I'm talking about Louise. Oh, oh yeah. She did on her two weeks in. Yeah. yeah. She freaking, like. She just wanted a divorce, bro. Sign the papers. And, but uh, you're but too big of a narcissist to just say, okay, it didn't work. Right. But what I'm saying is, is he literally was killing her every day. Killing her soul. Killing oh, yeah. Her happiness. Killing her heart. Until he okay? killed Until her, killed he her. fucking killed her. Yeah. Killed her. Yeah. There was no justice for her at all. No, he got no. away scot freaking free. free. Because, yeah. damn. Mm-hmm. That's what pissed me off, is that he didn't, not even a slap on the wrist. Nothing. I can only hope, wish for a little bit, mm-hmm. that he spent the rest of his life in his butthole. <laughs> like, I, I'm talking. Yeah, something. Just reprehensible. Yeah. Pain and itchies. Mm hmm. Like, he deserves something. Something. He's going to get it at the end. Everybody gets you it. You can't even figure Everybody out. Everybody gets it. You at can't the end. even figure out anything but, about him because literally, if you look up any of their names, all you find is the Savage Seamstress. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'll post pictures and stuff, but yeah. All right, my case. <sighs> well, guys, that was a nice welcome back story, mm-hmm. right? Sorry I went a little off rail. Okay. okay. We derailed a little bit. Quite One of a few times. always happens. That's fine. Uh, there was some humor involved that I feel maybe uh, minorly guilty about at this point. <laughs> um, I'll sleep and I'm forget so about it by tomorrow, more than likely. Statement. But um, just just remember something really, really, really important. That if you don't like go out hunting or fishing, just like hike or jog, the chances of you coming across a corpse Kind of slim to nuts. So while everyone says that I'm just a, a shut-in. We don't find body parts. I don't find body parts. But I kind of want to, so. That's weird. That's. We're going we're gonna to cut this short. Me and Faith are going to have an intervention. <laughs> All right. You well. guys are great. I hope you have a good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>